0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. The reading which we just heard now is oftentimes called the reading of the visitation, or sometimes a little bit more specifically. Sometimes it's called uh, the reading of the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. And we have to ask ourselves, what's so significant about this gospel or this reading? I have to be honest with you, for most of my life, I never really thought, like, that was a cute story, you know. Uh, but I didn't think much of it. And then I've heard, uh, heard beautiful preaching before about the uh, extent of difficulty that St. Mary went to visit Elizabeth. Um, it was probably something over um, uh, a, a journey that probably took her just under a week, which she did by foot. She was a a teenager. When you visit the Holy Land, you see that uh, the, the area that she traveled through was um, like very hilly, you know, so she did all of this in her first trimester, you know, um, and you, you meet young women who are pregnant in their first trimester, they feel absolutely horrible. Um, and um, so, you know, that's, so that's, so that's another aspect which is really beautiful about this gospel and shows how um, St. Mary really spared no expense Uh, to go and to see Elizabeth and to care for her. She went to go and serve her. But it's only actually when I was preparing for this Sunday that I really realized why this is like such a critical gospel. Um, And it's very simple. When St. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, Elizabeth says something. She says, Why is it, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to, v- to me. So what did Elizabeth say right there? She addressed St. Mary, her younger cousin or second cousin, I think her cousin, as the mother of my Lord. So right off the bat, Elizabeth recognized that St. Mary was the mother of Jesus and that Jesus is God. Let's take it a few steps back. What Gospel are we reading? We're reading the Gospel of St. Luke. St. Luke starts his Gospel and he says, Most excellent Theophilus, I, am, I have taken painstaking efforts to write you an orderly account of all that happened concerning this man named Jesus of Nazareth. Now, why did he take the trouble to write an orderly account? He says, I went to like great trouble. History tells us that after the, the ascension of Christ, St. Luke lived with St. Mary for a number of years. Speaking with her, interviewing her every day, figure, trying to get the story and figure out all the facts. And then he went and visited Galilee and Nazareth and went to go and, and, and visit all the places that Jesus went to, all the parts of the story that he had missed. He went and did his his own investigative work, and then he wrote his gospel, and then he wrote the book of Acts. Why did he go to all the trouble? Because he believed that something, something magical, something out of this world happened in that area of Judea and Jerusalem and, and Israel during that first part of the first century. And so he went to great lengths to write this story. Now, I work with young people, and uh, a lot of young people have great dreams and aspirations. Some of them know how to make those dreams and aspirations a reality, and some of them don't. Those of them, suppose one of these young people is a, is a writer, and, and they write beautifully, but they never make it. What's going to happen to all of their manuscripts, all the stuff they've written and tried to get published? And it's going to end up in some box somewhere, in somebody's basement somewhere. It's going to end up on some external hard drive somewhere, tucked into a drawer somewhere. It's going to go nowhere. So it's not that St. Luke went to great efforts, and so he wrote this account, and so it went somewhere, no. Because a lot of people go to great lengths to write things and it goes nowhere. St. Luke believed something extremely unusual happened in the first century. He recognized, he recognized that something, something happened that was worth documenting, worth going to, to the trouble of documenting, worth quitting his job. And following the footsteps, retracing the steps of this man, Jesus of Nazareth, and documenting them clearly so that people could then read them and know something. What? What is that something? It's right here. Saint Elizabeth recognized the same thing that Saint Luke recognized. And that's what makes her a saint. Her ability to recognize. Her ability to recognize. Saint John recognized in the womb of Elizabeth that this was Christ and he leapt in the womb and he worshiped him. That's the significance of this gospel. You see, everything in the Gospels is pointing to Jesus. St. John says something. And at the end of the second to last chapter of the Gospel of St. John, the last couple of verses of that second to last chapter, he says, many more beautiful things Jesus did. But if they suppose if they were all written, the world itself could not contain all the books that would be written. But these were written that you may believe in him and believing in him may have eternal life you see that's the thing that's so amazing about saint elizabeth and saint john in this gospel is that they recognized And it's a declaration and you have to, I had to, I had to, I I didn't discover this. Saint Cyril of Alexandria says this, okay? Like I wasn't smart enough to catch this. I told you I read this gospel for 38 years of my life and I always thought there was other reasons why it was so beautiful, right? Saint Cyril is telling us the purpose of this gospel is to, it's a declaration of the divinity of Christ. She says, the mother of my Lord and the babe leaps in her womb, right? Those of you who have been through a pregnancy know there's a few things you can do to kind of make, make the baby move. You can drink, like, ice-cold water. You can, okay, there's a few things you can do, right? But, but declaring that somebody is the mother of, of the Savior is not one of them, right? This is not a physiological event that happened here. This is something out of the ordinary. That's the significance of this gospel, and if we look back at the readings, see all the readings. All the readings have to tie in together, right? The reading in Romans four, Saint Paul was telling us that God is a God of grace. God gives good things to everybody. You're going to say, but that's not true. When like some, some people have like you know uh, some people have gotten dealt a good hand of cards, and some people have dealt a horrible hand of cards in this life. Some people have all kinds of problems. Right? Yes. But, St. Paul tells us that God has dealt everybody a hand of cards, that He can make good. But for us, for Him to make them good, we need to believe in Him. We need to believe in Him and he uses Abraham as an example, that Abraham believed God and has accounted to him for righteousness. And he takes an example where Abraham laughs at God and is sarcastic about God, and God still sees him as faithful in Christ. And it's really beautiful, and we've preached on it many times, um, and it exceeds the, 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 the scope of, of, of today to talk about it. But the point is this, Abraham recognized God. I ask you a question. If God worked in your office, if God was in one of your classes, if God was your neighbor, if the Lord Jesus Christ walked into our church today, would we recognize him? St. John, in his epistle that we, we read, the second reading, says, yes, you would. He says it's very simple. If you love your brother and you love your neighbor, then you walk in the light. And all of a sudden, you see new things and hear new things. And he says, you know, the the old men dream dreams, and the young men this, and and so on. If we love our neighbor, we can see the image of God imprinted in our neighbor. A certain time in in the service with the, the... uh, at St. John the Compassionate, I got really disillusioned with the service. I got really, quite frankly, let me, speak, let me speak honestly, permit me to, I got fed up. I got fed up. I got tired. It's hard work. It's really hard work. It's back-breaking work. And I felt like nothing, nothing was happening. And the service was much smaller at, the, at that time. We were a very small group of people serving, and so on. So I went to Father Roberto and I, I, I told him, why bother? Like, why should we carry on? You know, you've been doing this for 30 years and you're constantly disappointed. You're, people are constantly letting you down, constantly stabbing you in the back. Why, why bother? Why not just give up? He used to confide in me all the time. Anyhow, so he says to me, because we have no choice. And I said, what do you mean you have no choice? He says, because here we can see God. What do you mean here you can see God? Here I see a bunch of of people who are sometimes nice and sometimes not, and I was in a bad mood that day, so I said all kinds of things. And he he says to me, when you look in the eyes of another human being, especially if they're suffering, you can see the eyes of God. I still had no idea, idea what he was talking about, so I asked him to explain. And he told me, look into my eyes. And he has these beautiful light-colored eyes. I looked into his eyes. And he said, how far can you see? And I realized in that moment that when you look into somebody's eyes, there's no, there's no end to it. It doesn't end at the back of their head. It ends, it ends somewhere in eternity. He says, and when that person is suffering, you can live an infinite amount of suffering with them just by looking into their eyes. Is not that the image of God? Is not something eternal? Nothing in our earth today is eternal. You eat a loaf of bread, it has a beginning, it has an end. You start your day, it has a beginning, it has an end. You spend the money in your bank, it has a beginning, it has an end. Everything has a beginning, and has an end. Nothing in this life, if it's eternal, it's of God. He's telling me, look, look, look at the person. Don't look at the outside. All of a sudden, it's like a window was opened to me and I could see that this person is made in the image and likeness of God. They're actually like God and that they they have an eternity about them. One of the ways we experience that eternity about people is in their suffering. We can see God in the other. If we can see God in the other, St. John is telling us, our eyes have been opened. We have been brought into the light. We will love our neighbor. I can't possibly hate God who has died for me. If I look at you and I see the Lord Jesus Christ who has died for me, I can't possibly hate you. St. John tells us, if we still hate our brother and our sister, then let us not fool ourselves. We're not yet fully walking in the light. The story is this, Jesus came to be amongst us. The story of Advent, the whole kit and Kaboodle, the whole story is this, the Word of God became flesh. The Word of God, the Word which was spoken by the Father, which could only be heard in the Old Testament, now could be seen, could be touched, could sit with you, could eat dinner with you, could hold your hand. He came to be amongst us. But as He comes to be amongst us, will you recognize Him? Will I recognize Him? Today's Gospel says yes, the saints will recognize Him. Let us, you you and I, learn to recognize Him in every one of our brothers and sisters. Glory be to God forever and ever. May I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers. Brothers and sisters, please pray for me.